Blog Talk Radio. I guess our Facebook Live listeners got to hear me, but uh, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. For those listening on the Blog Talk Radio, this is ASWF Aftermath here on this dreary uh, Thursday night. Uh, I don't know how the weather is out there, Cornbread, but uh, how's the, uh, how are you doing this week? Man, I, I'm excellent, Mike, and um, even even just looking at fun, excuse me, pardon my... <coughs> Let's just say the weather's kind of strange out here, and so far it's it's raining uh, <clears throat> up here in northeast Arkansas, uh, especially in the Jonesboro area. It's rain, it's raining, but uh, nevertheless, man, I am here and talking about raining. Uh, we had a whole lot of rain and stuff that went down this weekend. Absolutely, you want to talk about a stormy atmosphere? That's exactly what happened this past. Uh, Saturday night live from the Valiant Arena there in Tuckerman, Arkansas. What you can expect this Saturday night live from the Valiant Arena. But, you know, I got a little bit of personal business to take care of real quick, Cornbread. Uh, I want to address one rockin' Ricky Rowland. Rockin' Ricky, I saw the uh, the uh, preview for Afterbather tonight. You know, it said that you took pity on me. Uh, Ricky, let me just... Let me just establish that as propaganda. I was never in danger. Uh, you know, the thing is here with Rock and Ricky Rowland, the man's so old that if he would have tried to punch me, he would have hurt himself even more. I would have thrown his hip out for crying out loud. But what you fans don't understand, and maybe you couldn't grasp this past Saturday night, maybe because, you know, you're – just so slow about picking things up is my problem with Rock and Ricky is let's be honest here. Rock and Ricky did some great things in you know the first part of the first decade of the ASWF, but let's be honest, right about the ten year mark all the way to today, the business has passed them by. Ricky, let's be honest here. 
it's a prime example this Saturday night in Cornbread. I don't know if you're going to agree with me, but let's be honest. You have your main event is two guys that, and your best friend is one of those, that haven't been relevant in the ASWF in 15 years. I didn't have wet pants, Brad, and that's not funny, but the fact of the matter is this. You have two guys that haven't been relevant in almost as long as I've been alive taking, and then you've got your ASWF champion, Josh Cross, taking a backseat to those guys as they are the main event this Saturday night. Absolutely despicable, and that's why this company is in the shape it's in, and that's not funny, Heinzman. I I don't even know what's going on with uh, you. Tanya Cash, she said, I'm the one that tips tucks my tail and runs like a coward and I'm scared of my own shadow. I wasn't scared. That's what you guys don't understand. I wasn't scared. I just know how to play poker and I know when to fold. Ladies and gentlemen, don't get me wrong. I am never scared of the likes of Rock and Ricky Rowland. But uh, Cornbread, we have a lot to get into so let's go ahead and jump right in because I've spent enough time on that old geezer to... uh, Last a lifetime. Let's go ahead and talk about well, the first match corner of the night. The ASWF Evolution Championship was on the line as the best daggum Evolution Champion we've seen in quite some time. Insane Shane put the title on the line against Tyler Knight. And uh, we got a little appearance by Steve-O in this contest. And... Uh, kind of led into some events later on in the night, but let's go ahead and start talking about this ASWF Evolution Championship matchup. Well, I I, I want to preference, um, and, and of course I know we're going to get into this match um, in just a few seconds. I want to preference this by saying, hey, you know, we don't want to lose another commentator um, in the wrestling no. business because we already lost one just a couple of days ago. If not 24 hours ago, we already lost one due to some, some controversial comments. And we're just going to leave it at that. I don't want to risk losing another here. Meanwhile, that aside, as we stick to the Evolution Championship matchup, um, Tyler Knight brought it. He, he literally brought it that game, but he failed to realize that, you know, if this is the same change you're dealing with. And even and even if, you know, despite what happened with Steve-O and that issue, and I know that issue will be boiling over and will have to come heads up one way or another. You know, I felt that Tyler Knight ha- had a chance in this match, and, and no disrespect to him, but it, it was almost as if Insane Shane kind of, just for the moment, kind of put Steve on the back burner just doing this matchup and focus more on Tyler Knight and you know you know, you said you said it Saturday and you know, this is the one time I this is very rare that we agree. But it was Steve that ended up costing Tyler Knight the evolution championship. And you're right about that. Absolutely. And, you know, it kind of goes back to uh, taking a page almost out of the ASWF champion, the original Misfits playbook here. And, you know, uh, Insane Shane is 
Insane Shane is living in Steve-O's mind. And there you see uh, DJ in the comments says enough about Steven. I mean, I would completely agree with that statement. You know, the thing is with Steve-O, Steve-O is, is in one of those unique opportunities where he's got a shot to potentially, uh, you know, win just about every championship that the ASWF has to offer. But with that being said, it's a tall task. You look at a guy like Insane Shane, let's be honest here. Let's be completely honest here. It's going to be a tall task to knock off Insane Shane and take that Evolution Championship. Ask Ray Ray. Ask D-Mike. Ask anybody who's been in the ring with that championship on the line against Insane Shane just how hard it is to pull out a victory. You know, you look at the situation with Tyler Knight. Yes, I will admit, I was very impressed with Tyler Knight. But that's just it. Tyler Knight just wasn't good enough this past Saturday night to uh, take that Evolution Championship. And, you know, Cornbread, I think the smartest thing you said in that whole diatribe that you said there was the fact that even if Steve O'Hatton came into that matchup, let's be honest, Insane Shane was well on his way to retaining the ASWF Evolution Championship. I mean, that's no dis- I mean, like I said, it's no disrespect to Tyler Knight because Tyler Knight, he's really been impressive the um, last couple of weeks. And I think, I don't, I don't think Tyler Knight is out of the title picture just yet. I think, I think probably, I think some key wins, multiple key wins for him. I say he'll be back in the title picture in no time. But the key, but the factor here is he needs to key wins, and that's Tyler Knight. Well, I tell you, you know that is exactly that. That's a fact. Tyler Knight is a star on the rise. There's no doubting that in the ASWF. But the fact of the matter is he just isn't experienced enough, and he wasn't ready to step into the ring with the calibers of somebody like Insane Shane. You know, give Tyler Knight six more months, and maybe he'll be ready to challenge for that title. Because, like I said, he's a star on the rise of his company. He just isn't fully there yet. And Insane Shane has fully adapted his killer instinct and plans on keeping that ASWF Evolution Championship, whether it be Steve-O, whether it be Tyler Knight, or anybody else, the ASWF Board of Directors wants to throw at the Evolution Champion. But curveballs are curveballs, but, you know, that's, you know, that's the beauty of professional sports. And, and, you know, you should always be ready, you know, whether, you know, whether, it, whether it's your time or not. You should always be ready because, as we've mentioned multiple times, any given day, any, in this case, any given night at the Valley Arena. Certainly could be, but we're going to go ahead and move on. We had a fatal five-way contest between Heinzman, the pretty boy Matt Odom, Christian Cross, Jake Black, and Justin Vincent. Now, a couple big, uh, a couple big developments coming out of this contest. But first off, obviously, the pretty boy, the big news story here, the pretty boy Matt Odom picks up a top-notch key victory over these other yeah. four strong. Competitors 
But let's go ahead and break down the big story that happened in this contest, and that's this appearance of this hooded figure. I, I mean, yeah. I haven't got any information on this guy, but, I mean, I don't mind his style. As you know, to get it even further in the mind, in the head of Justin Vincent, you know, this guy who says he's been paid handsomely to come after Vincent abducts the man's brother who is standing there at ringside, fully not not fully convalesced from that uh, torn, uh, that knee injury earlier this yeah. year. And, and, you know, obviously not cleared for competition, but um, abducted from ringside by this figure. And, you know, this is starting to push. And I said, you know, we just witnessed a crime. This is starting to push. How far will this guy go to get his point across to Justin Vincent? Is there any stopping this guy from making his point to Justin Vincent? Well, let, let me let me let me push that question forward, Mike, with another question. What's his motive for Justin Vincent? Or is he using Justin Vincent to get at somebody else? Because there have been multiple cases that, you know, even though he has been after any or everybody that has been associated with Justin Vincent, I honestly think it's past that point. I think it's, I think it, it, it may not be Justin Vincent. He may be using Justin Vincent as a key point instead of somebody else. I mean, but who knows what's on the mind of this guy. And I got, I'm trying to look up info on it. I got nothing. I know you tried on your half. You got nothing. I'm not sure I mean, what Ed Schmidt even thinks about this. It's like this guy doesn't even exist. And, I mean, you know, I I know that I've talked to Justin uh, this week, and Justin says he's been trying to contact Daniel. No answer. His phone's just going directly to voicemail. I mean, very eerie situation we have and a very dangerous situation we have here with this other figure. And, you know, I mean, at this point, you know, we know one thing and one thing only, that this guy has been paid rather well. We don't know by whom, but this guy's been paid rather well to take Justin Vincent out and – It may not stop until he does exactly that. And, you know, at this point, maybe Justin just wants to stay home this weekend. I mean, because it seems like no matter what match Justin Vincent is in, and we saw the Halloween Resurrection, and we're seeing it now, it doesn't matter which match he's in. It's almost as if Vincent has to look over his shoulder. And now comes up with another question. Was stepping away from bad Brad necessarily a, the best idea? Or well, and I know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, what I was gonna say was I know Brad's in the uh, in the comments section here, and uh, Cornbread. I mean, I'd love to hear his take on this and his thoughts on this situation because. Uh, 
I mean, I know how close he is with the uh, Vincents. He still considers them close personal friends. And, I mean, right now, once again, nobody's heard from Daniel since Saturday. I mean, when this guy just abducted him. It's almost almost a game of chess. Who's the trapper and who's the trap? And right now, we have no answers to those questions at all. Exactly. I mean, and that's the dangerous part of this, especially for Justin. He doesn't know who's coming after him. He doesn't know who paid him to come after him. I mean, like I said, if you're a smart man, Justin Vincent, and I know you're listening, stay home. That's the best idea you could possibly – I mean, that's – Honestly, though, is staying home even the best idea? Because, Cornbread, we've seen the video. The guy knows where he lives. The guy knows where he works. I I mean, get out of town. Sounds like a... Justin. Yeah, sounds like a stalker to me. I mean, and Justin Vincent actually just... uh, commented here, he says, I still haven't seen him. I've been looking all week, obviously referring to his brother uh, Daniel, and you know, I I know for a fact that the ASWF, everybody here at the ASWF has been looking for uh, for Daniel since uh, he was abducted this past Saturday night. You know, I'm sure the hooded figure or whatever he wants to call himself is watching, and I mean, at this point, I, I've got to be real with you. Let him go. I mean, your problems with Justin, I, this is a serious situation, Cornbread. Yeah. And I, I think, it's, I think it's, it's now beyond the point of professional wrestling, and I dare say professional sports. That's just my opinion. It's crossing into a very dangerous territory, and we'll keep you updated on the situation here at the ASWF Facebook page as uh, best as we can. But like I said, I mean, as of right now, nobody knows nothing about who this guy is, who paid him, and why why he abducted Daniel Benson. Uh, Yeah. Wow. And just as I'm about to bring this guy up, Heinzman uh, comments or what, whatever this guy is now. He says, shh, you're going to wake him. Ha, 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 you're being too loud. I mean, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I mean, my goodness. Hey, you go from one yeah. freak to another. I mean, you go from high, you go from this guy who's stalking Justin Vincent, literally trying to take him off the face of the earth, it appears, to this Heinzman who, ever since Penitentiary of Pain, I mean, this guy has not been right. And I don't know if you've been keeping up there on Facebook uh, yeah. this week, but I went and tried to get a word with Heinzman and say, you know, look, you're a monster. You could literally tear through the ASWF locker room. But you got to stop this laughing crap. You got to get serious. You got to be that monster again. And, and I mean, you saw what happened, Cornbread. And obviously, Christian Cross, who was one of his adversaries this past Saturday night in that fatal five-way, was also uh, commenting on the video. And you know, he said, "I don't know what's wrong with them, but 
I'm going to beat it out of him. Uh, you know, that's something to watch here going forward. I mean, Heisman's descent into madness has been rapid ever since Halloween Resurrection. And, I mean, once again, uh, we say that that uh, penitentiary of pain changes lives and careers. Changed them. I don't think anybody thought we meant this. Well, I'll say this, Mike. I've, 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 I've known I've known Hansman for a long, long time, and even I mean, even this side, I've never seen. And I mean, from I mean, from the start of his career up until now. I have never seen Heinzman like this before, and I said it. I said it Saturday, and I don't mind repeating myself. I said this could either give him the driving edge, or it could cost him the edge. But to this whole situation concerning, you know, the Vincents. Now that Heinzman kind of decided he wanted to respond in this. That it doesn't just kind of feel like Hosman's trying to be a little bit of a suspect here. Maybe Hosman knows something that we don't. Well, Darren Sullins here in the here in the comment section on the live video says, "I don't ever want to cross paths with Hosman." Trust me, I mean, if you thought Hosman was scary before, whatever's going on in this dude's mind, like he looked me in the eye and. I just, I felt this emptiness all of a sudden wash over me, and that giggle was all that remained. Like, you know, Aaron says instead of descending into madness, maybe in his warped mind, he's descending into sanity. Hey, maybe that's what's going on what? here. Maybe Heinzman maybe thinks we're all crazy. And, 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 and let's really talk about and, and Mike, let's really talk about the, the, the one individual that ended up being the beneficiary of all of this mess. The one that really benefited from all of this. And that's Matt Odom. Because bottom line, Matt Odom took advantage of whatever was going on with the Vincents. He took advantage of what went on with Hodgman. And bottom line, still ended up walking away the the walking away victorious. We gotta give him a lot of credit here because a lesser athlete, especially in a one fall to a finish five way match, a lesser athlete would have been distracted by all the shenanigans that went on. Not Matt Odom. He knew for a fact that he had, there was a win at hand, and guess what? He took advantage of it, and you got to give him credit. You're absolutely right about that. Definitely want to send my congratulations out to somebody I consider a close personal friend, the pretty boy, Matt Odom, who gets you know one of the biggest uh, victories of his young career thus far. And let's be honest, I see nothing but uh, a rocket ship attached to the back of this guy, but I want to go ahead and move on as we, you know, get almost to the midway point aftermath here tonight. And I want to go ahead and uh, introduce our question for the night here on ASWF Aftermath. You can feel free to vote on the poll or talk in the comments section below and debate this. 
But I ask now that we know the uh, the the uh, now that we know at least three. Stop it, Heisman! Stop it! Sorry, I got distracted, Cornbread. Anyway, now yeah. that we know three of the teams in the tag team title tournament, I asked the fans who they thought, not that their opinion matters, but who they thought was going to win the ASWF Tag Team Championships. I had the number one seed, Soy by Prince, Gastons, uh, and Gary and Tier. I had the Manai, and obviously, as we will find out in the main event, I have Will Cage and Excalibur. So feel free to vote on the poll or comment your answer here in the section um, on this live video. But Cornbread, uh, you know, a big, two big-time matchups between the top two seeds. Of course, they were singles matchups. Uh, but the uh, Suicide King, Ray Ray, took on Gary and Tear first off. And uh, it did not look good for Gary and Tear there in that contest. I mean, he put up some offense, but obviously you can tell, you know, Tier is a tag team specialist. That's the thing, you know, I feel like obviously initial reaction is going to be a little bit more drastic than after giving some thought. And I think that we really saw the difference in tag team strategy versus single strategy. But uh, Cornbread, how did you break down this Suicide King versus Gary and Tier match? Well, you you really want the truth, Mike? Uh, here it is. This this is round two between those two. Because round one happened when Tier made his uh, in-ring debut against mm-hmm. the Suicide and this and this was before this was before. And you may correct me if I'm wrong here. This was before. The Suicide King ended up with the Mana, correct? I mean, right or wrong? I believe so, yes. And that, that match was brutal. But, and the Suicide King Ray Ray got the win in meeting number one. Transfer that to here. Almost similar to what it was previously, but in this case, um, Tears' chest was brutalized. I mean, literally brutalized. And also, the difference here was even though Tear and Gaston are in the tournament, and even though the Manaz in the tournament, bottom line, there was no saving the chest of Gary and Tear. And I will say this. Um, Matt props to Suicide King Ray Ray because he got dropped on his head on the outside, on the top of his head on the outside with that overhead belly-to-belly suplex. And even sitting where we were sitting, I, 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 I literally cringed, legitimately cringed. And for Suicide King to come back, I mean, he's done this before. But for him to get dropped on the top of his head on the outside and then come right back to win that match shows the tenacity and the never and the never say die attitude that Suicide King had. Now granted, 
here, you got to give him props. I mean, he had Suicide King on the ropes multiple times. But Suicide King proving why he's a two-time ASWF Hall of Famer. You're right about that, you know. And let's go ahead and talk about the other matchup as Stallion falls uh, in singles competition to Asa Morta. Uh, Cornbread, I, I mean, Asa Morta, again, you saw more of the same from what we're used to with her in the singles division. Dominant victory. Uh, Gaston, obviously yeah. a former ASF champion, but, you know, Gaston has been in the tag team competition. He's pretty much, you know, adjusted his body and his cardio to being used to uh, reaching out and having that hand to uh, slap signifying a tag. And, you know, once you take that away from him, I believe that could be the downfall of Gaston and Garion as they are just as deadly in the tag team division as anybody in the game. So I asked you, you know, first off, what did you think of this matchup between uh, the storybook Prince, Stallion, or Gaston, and um, Asa? Honestly speaking, to break that match down in its its simplest form, it goes back to who, who was focused more compared to who was distracted more. And in this case, Gaston was distracted more than Asa Morta. And Asa Morta was way more than focused and realized the task at hand. And she wasted no time in getting the job done against Gaston. And pretty much right when right when that win happened, it, I guess to say it was almost a little bit on the road to Manai rebuilding themselves as a top in a group. Well, we're going to talk about uh, the uh, other member of the Manai here in just a moment, but real quick, Cornbread, I now ask you, how much momentum? And, I, I mean, I know obviously there's momentum. I know that I know that there will be a little bit of a mental edge here as the Manai love to play the mental mind game, and they're the masters of such, but how much momentum does a singles victory build in a tag team championship tournament? Oh, it oh it builds it builds tremendous momentum because now you're able to take now because some say you, you know you have to always analyze your your opponent, whether in tag team competition or singles. I'll take that one step further. If you really want to test the waters, you analyze your opponent in a singles match, then really kind of help build, that kind of helps build your momentum or really, really it's tag team situations. Because at this point, right now, the momentum belongs to the Manai. And the ones that need to regroup the most is the one that's been distracted the most. And that's uh, and that's Gary and Terry Castell. They better regroup and they better regroup fast because momentum, like you said, it's on the side. It's on the side of Manat right now, and if I'm the Manat, I better capitalize on it. Well, what I see so far here in the comment section and continue throughout the rest of the broadcast, to go ahead and clap, cast your vote on the poll or cast your vote right here on the. Uh, uh, in the comments section, I see one vote each. Uh, Aaron, 
Uh, says Garyan and Gaston will regain the ASWF Tag Team Championships, while Darren Sullen says, I picked the team of the Suicide King, Ray Ray, and Asa Morta to become the new ASWF Tag Team Champions. Cornbread, I, I mean, obviously I know we're a little ways away from the completion of this tournament, but who do you believe mm-hmm. is going to walk out with the uh, ASWF Tag Team Championships at its conclusion at this moment right now? If it ends, if it ends up with those two teams, you if it comes down to being opportunist, it'll be Gaston and uh, and Gary here. Yes, if it comes down to opportunists and taking advantage of the other team's emotions. Speaking of emotions, if the emotions are in check. And if the focus is there, it's my nice ball game to win. I mean, it's going to be, you know, that's an interesting breakdown there. Those are two key factors in this tag team tournament. You know, and obviously right now the spoiler, quote unquote, of the tag team tournament is going to be Will Cage and Excalibur. But uh, when you look at it, you know, you look at the ASWF Tag Team Tournament in the top two seeds, I mean, it's going to be hard for me not after seeing the lengthy and just nobody even measuring up to him run that uh, the storybook Prince and Gaston had uh, leading into uh, losing the ASWF Tag Team Championships. Uh, you know, it's going to be hard to not take to not take um, Gaston and Garion. You know, obviously they were upset by a fan um, who, uh, you know, you saw he uh, has begun his training uh, at the ASWF Training Academy. They said that there's an open contract waiting on him should he uh, get formally trained. So. You know, uh, Fred James may very well be making his debut one day here in the ASWF, but as it stands right now, uh, I've got to still go with the storybook Prince, Gaston, and Gary and Tier. I mean, until I see in tag team competition somebody that's better than them, they still got to be the best, in my opinion, Cornbread. Well, uh, I mean, to me, there's no right or wrong answer here when it comes to this tournament. That's how great, that's how competitive this tournament really is. And mm-hmm. that's how competitive each and every team is. So you really can't, uh, it's, it's a toss-up at this point. That I mean, that's why I made the comment that I made earlier, you know, just breaking down the analysis of it. Because like you said, what if we'll catch it as caliber walk out as champions, that could flip. I mean, that could flip the script immediately. But, you know, it, it's too hard to pick right now. It's, you almost really have to have Vegas in here as far as the tag team titles are concerned and with this tournament. You're right about that. But, Cornbread, I want to go ahead and move on. You know, you mentioned uh, the Manai, and you can't think of the Manai without mentioning the former ASWF champion 
and uh, the psychotic savior, the spiritual leader, so to speak, of the Manai, the uh, the one and only Cataclysm, the number one ranked challenger now for Josh Cross's ASWF championship. He took on the big man K Tumor in what really was a grudge match of sports. Uh, obviously, you saw you know the show of respect there at the beginning of their contest. But, uh, you know, I, I saw some things that were very impressive from the big man here early go, in the early going, you know, able to back Cataclysm into the corner with those uh, with those deadly lefts and rights uh, that he throws. You know, he was able to keep his composure. But, you know, towards the end of the contest, when Cataclysm dropped the elbow and got the one, two, three and the victory in this contest, by that point, you know, I saw – I saw almost where it was like the big man K Tumor was on a rookie run there, you know, a, a rookie rally, I guess you could call it, where he was running through everybody, but then his luck ran out. And now you see that uh, the big man has some work to do. While an impressive physical specimen and even more so impressive in the ring, the big man has some work to do to get on the uh, – level of the number one contender cataclysm and by far the ASWF champion, the original misfit Josh Cross. I mean, that's just my opinion. Well, I, well, I, well, I'll say this and, um, you know, when, you know, if you really, really, you know, take a look at, look at everything, Bill magnifying lives. I, I think that, when the competition in the ASWF got a lot stiffer and a lot smash mouth, I think that's when you really start to start to see if there are any cracks inside the foundation of a debut star like a K Tumor. And we have, but you gotta give him props. He hung in there with Cataclysm. And that's not easy to do. He argued there with him. Both these two backed down, did not back down from anything. They brought the red game. They brought whatever they needed to bring. But to go to your point, only one had that extra, that extra something that says, no, this is going to equal me the win. And that was cataclysm. And you know, you talk. You know, I'm, I mentioned. I mentioned it on color. I mentioned it um, on the broadcast on third on a Saturday. And I don't. And I don't mind repeating myself here. Think about this. When think about the history between Josh Cross and Cataclysm. When that when that showdown comes full circle. And I had to take, and I had the opportunity to take a look at that, at that, at that video, at that cataclysm video. And I'll tell you one thing, scary. What would it be like when those two end up meeting heads up for the ASWF championship? And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Where does K Tumor go from here? Does he go back to the drawing board, or? Does he kind of dust himself off and try again? Man, I don't. I, I don't well, think. I don't think his career is over by any means. 
I think it's just no. I think I think for happiness with K Tuma, I think the competition I mean the competition in ASWF is always a stiff and smash mouth. But you're getting into deeper rounds. Because look who he's faced before when he first started and look who he's facing now. The competition in ASWF will get stiffer and stiffer and stiffer the deeper, the deeper, the deeper you go into those championship guys, especially guys that are championship quality, like a Josh Cross, who is the current champion, and the number one contender, Cataclysm. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Josh Cross as he was in action in what was scheduled to be a non-title matchup against Steve-O in one-on-one competition. But uh, the yeah. matchup quickly uh, went into uh, went into uh, you know a tag team matchup as we saw Steve-O and uh, Insane Shane join the respective sides of uh, Cataclysm and and uh, Josh Cross. And uh, an impromptu tag team matchup was signed by the commissioner, Joey Britt. Uh, I do want to mention, uh, Aaron, Aaron does say that uh, KT is a bad, bad man, but nobody wants to mess with the motivated cataclysm. And, I mean, real good quick, point. I want you to comment on that. Yeah, I, I think it's a very good point, too. You know, how much does the motivation of um, – of, Cataclysm way into the uh, into the uh, outcome of this contest as the big man K Tumor uh, joins us here uh, live tonight uh, here in the comments section. But uh, you know, like you, I want to real quick uh, answer your question: Does the big man K Tumor go back to the drawing board, or does he dust himself off? You know, I, I'm not one to give the big man. Uh, too much credit because I believe he's gotten t- opportunity after opportunity after opportunity at the ASWF championship and, you know, hasn't quite earned it per se. Um, you know, I, obviously a lot of these outcomes were, you know, disqualifications or what have you, but, you know, yeah. I believe that, the big man K tumor long story short, I believe the big man K tumor is not going to fall far from uh, where he is right now or where he entered the ring Saturday night. I still believe that he's a very impressive physical specimen. I still believe that the man is one of the very best athletes that the ASWF has to offer. There's just something missing from the game. And, uh, you know, I once again hate to give the man any credit, but uh, if there's anybody in the ASWF that is going to find what he is missing and fix it, it's going to be the big man. So you definitely haven't seen the big man, the last of the big man in the uh, ASWF championship scene. That's just my opinion, but I believe we will find out in short order that it's a fact. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, a pretty heavy fact at that. I just. Right now, I believe that he is just a step below the guys like Josh Cross, Insane Shane, and in some not on some nights even the psychotic savior Cataclysm. But getting back to our tag team contest here, uh, Josh Cross teams with Insane Shane against Devo and Cataclysm, uh, an impromptu tag team matchup made by the Commissioner Joey Britt. 
Uh, Joey Britt obviously saw the melee that occurred when Steve-O and Shane both made their way to ringside and uh, threw him in the ring. And a uh, very impressive uh, back-and-forth encounter between these uh, four individuals. And, I mean, I'll, I'll say this, you know, we mentioned that it's going to be a heck of a fight whenever Josh Cross defends the championship against Cataclysm. What about the fight that's going to happen between Steve-O and uh, Insane Shane? Well, let's just say it's very rare uh, and I'll, I'll say this Saturday, I'm going to say it here, it's very rare that you have the Evolution Champion and the Heavyweight Champion both in the same ring in the same match as teammates against their number one respective challengers. And when both those both those issues go down, it will be personal. And I guess you could say we saw a little bit of a sample of what it's going to be like in those two championship matches between all four of those individuals. You're right about that. A heck of a contest there in our semi-main event of the evening. And how about what happened after the matchup? What did you think about the interaction between uh, Brad and uh, MC with the, uh, you know, I, I don't get it. Brad used to be something that, you know, stood for something. He was a guy who stood for the guys that, you know, he used to really champion my cause. Uh, Guys that were overlooked, guys that were just completely disrespected for guys that, you know, were over the hill. And, you know, we, I, I, I thought we may have finally gotten the old Brad back uh, Saturday when he shook MC's hand. But, you know, then he takes and MC takes the time to go out and bake a cupcake for Brad for his birthday. You know, a very personal gift and a very personal gesture from uh, a great man that is uh, MC, the guider of the ASWF Evolution Champion career. And, you know, I I believe it comes down to this professional jealousy. I believe Brad is jealous of the um, accolades that MC has accomplished so quickly in the ASWF as a manager, Uh, you know, really eclipsing Brad in that uh, perspective uh, by guiding his uh, friend to the Evolution Championship so quickly. Well, well, I, I, I'll preface that by saying this, Mike. If 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 one if your manager and one of your guys has a championship, would you not be looking over your shoulders as to who or when or where that opponent would be coming out of nowhere? But I'll but I'll take that one step further. As a champion. Do you really, 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 really trust anybody, especially someone that manages somebody that's coming after a title? Do you really trust anybody? I I mean, 
I thought Brad was a trustworthy guy. I mean, he appears to be to me. But you know, a, he shook the hand of he shook the hand of MC, and then he takes and shoves the cake back in the face of MC, completely disrespecting a up and coming and what will one day go down as the greatest uh, greatest guider of careers or whatever you want to whatever label you want to put on this gentleman. In ASWF well, Mark, history, and to disrespect him like that just sickens me. Well, Mike, don't don't be surprised if these two, you know, not giving any early predictions, but don't be surprised if these two decide to go head to head during that Evolution Championship match um, when that when that match takes place. I won't be surprised if these two try to tear each other's heads off. Just for the opportunity to see their, no, their, their, no, the one that they're representing, at least walk away with uh, Evolution Gold. No, well, I'll tell you this. I, I'll tell you this much. Uh, in St. Shane, we know he's a deadly striker, and I'm sure MC is picking up things along the way. So that would probably be a grave mistake for uh, Brad Hicks to uh, challenge MC in any sort of physical hand-to-hand combat. But uh, Cornbread, in the main event of the evening, I called it a uh, play-in matchup of sorts to get into the uh, – or we can call it a second-chance tag team matchup. To get back in the tournament, we saw X-Ray and Maverick, and I'm absolutely loving the new attitude of X-Ray, by the way, uh, take on Excalibur and Will Cage who, uh, you know, kind of thrown together at the last moment. Both men um, both men uh, needed partners kind of thrown together uh, at the last moment. But uh, Cornbread, uh, Excalibur was able to pick up the victory with Will Cage. Uh, very impressive. Very impressive by these individuals. Well, you know, I, I I know the old song goes, you know, sometimes goodbye is a second chance. Well, that happened in this matchup. And, you know, Joey Britt uh, came out, and he flat out told both teams, he's like, all right, uh, I'm talk- no, enough of the shenanigans. Enough of the wine and enough of the crime and all that. Bottom line, we're, we're, why don't we show it like men in the ring? And when you're in, lose, you're out. And it, I mean, flat out cut and dry. And these four took it to each other. But you never, ever underestimate the mind of a veteran, especially in situations like this. And that's what Excalibur took over. Excalibur took advantage. And Excalibur and Will Cage got the win. And, and, think, and really think about this. You know, you talk about this team being thrown together. I mean, what would have happened if Will Cage would have been with Grayson Beckett? Would it be a different story? What happens if Excalibur would have had a different partner? Would it be a different story? Now, look at what's happened here. Beckett, the five lines injured. Now, you have a fresh Will Cage, and you got a fresh Excalibur. 
Both are looking for rebounds in their careers. And now you throw them together. No, you said it. No, this may be the sleeper team that may end up winning it all. Well, Cornbread, you're absolutely right about that. Definitely a team to keep your eyes on. But real quick, Cornbread, we're running uh, low on time here. Go ahead and give us uh, your final thought heading into ASWF action this Saturday night live from the Valiant Arena. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, it's a very, very special show. It's a benefit show. And we will love to see you right there at 201. Highway 367 North, right there in Tuckerman, Arkansas, uh, right there at the legendary Valiant Arena this Saturday. You do not want to miss. It's a very, very, very special benefit show. And, um, of course, you can go to our ASW, go to all of our social media. or uh, You can find us at ASWF on social media, on Facebook, anywhere, for all the details about this Saturday it is a very, very special show that you do not want to miss. Please join us. I believe doors open up at 5.30. Of course, we jumpstart everything at 7 o'clock. Hey, tons of good seats available. The place you need to be at this Saturday is the Valiant Arena, the legendary Valiant Arena in Tuckerman, Arkansas. Myself, my client will be on the call. We have tons and tons and tons and tons of action, all taking place this Saturday is a very, very special benefit show, and we encourage you, invite whoever you can invite, make sure you're there, want more details about it, go to, go to any of our social media outlets, on Facebook or anywhere, we, they, have, they have all the details concerning this Saturday, we encourage you to join us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, I encourage you to go ahead and join us as well. This Saturday Night Live, 201 Highway 367 North. Find it in your greedy hearts to give $5 to a great cause and pack that arena this Saturday night for a wonderful cause and uh, celebrating a wonderful man that, uh, you know, his family lost. Ladies and gentlemen, this Saturday night, uh, I want to see that building full. From 5.30 all the way up till bell time. And I want to see it standing room only. But well, let's be honest. You guys will probably be busy doing something else. Being greedy. But we will see you this Saturday night live. 201 Highway 367 North. Tuckerman, Arkansas. For my broadcast. Golly Cornbread. I am Michael Carnahan. Good night everybody. Look out. When I get to the bottom I go back. Do the job